0: natural things. There are things that are going to be broken forever in this building today. I I do not I do not know the last time I have felt so many heard so many from comf- confirmations in a thirty minute period of something that I have felt for a specific service. Everything has just been perfectly ordered and set up by the Holy Ghost. So if you've got your Bibles, we want to go to the 105th Psalm. Now, I do want us to understand
1: that we don't have to lose the spirit that's here right
0: now. It is the will of God for us to stay in this spirit, even even through the preached word, praise the Lord. It is an honor to be here today with you, with your pastor and his wife, their family.
1: And I am just looking forward to what we will testify in the future about concerning this day. That's how strong I feel about this afternoon. I feel like that it is
0: the purpose of God that before we leave that everyone in this house
1: would speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Every body in this house. That is
0: the will of God. Psalms 105. i just going to have my wife with me today. And uh, my boys and I have looked forward to being in church here with you all week long. Psalms 105. Let's read a few scriptures. Verse number 34. And I'll come back and kind of explain to you what is going on here. He spake, and the locusts came, and the caterpillars, and that without number, and did eat up all of the herbs in their land, and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also the firstborn in their land, and the chief of all of their strength. Now,
1: this next scripture is enough to send this evangelist through the roof. As many times as I've read it, as many times
0: as I've mentioned it in preaching, every time I read this, it steel is enough to cause me to want to explode And hopefully before we're finished, you too will also understand the magnitude of what is being said in verse number 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. Now, we're not talking about 10 people. We're not talking about 25 people. We're not talking about 500 people. We're talking about somewhere in a ballpark figure of 3 million people. Can I say 3 million people? Now, right here is where I want to preach today. And there was not one feeble.
2: <laughs>
0: that was not dealing with just the physical body alone, but it was dealing with the emotions. It was dealing not with the physical body alone, but it was dealing with hope. It was dealing with weaknesses. It was dealing with trouble. It was dealing with bondage. It was dealing with trials. It was dealing with adversity. It was dealing with storms. He said that not one of three million people were weak. There was not one feeble amongst them. Everybody was healed. Everybody was delivered. Everybody was set free. Everybody had victory. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but when I read that scripture, I have to search for some kind of understanding as to what happened. I want to know what happened. And so in the next few moments of this service, I am going to preach to you what I believe happened. And I want to talk to you on this subject, the difference maker. I'm going to talk to you about the difference maker. Maker, I'm going to explain to you what I feel like made the difference in this situation. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is in this place so strong. Before you're seated, would you put your hands together and give the Lord another praise and a shout. shout now put your hands together and lift your voice somebody shout hallelujah somebody shout glory praise god praise the name of jesus hallelujah hallelujah you can be seated On the edge of your seat. Praise God. Now, for you to understand the magnitude of what is consuming me about the Scripture, I am going to give you just a little bit of background and some facts and some occurrences and events that surround what is happening here. For you really to understand... What has me so thrilled and so excited today? First of all, it is imperative that you understand that these three million people have lived in bondage for a very long time. It was not a place of comfort. It was not a place of security. It was not a place of leisure. But they were under extreme bondage. It was an extreme load, not only mentally and emotionally, But physically, it put a strain on their bodies. These people were way underfed, and they were way overworked. You must understand that it was not something that they had lived in but for a few days, but for a long period of time they lived where they lacked. They lived in a place of bondage. They lived in a place where they were enslaved. They lived under the evil rule of a taskmaster by the name of Pharaoh. They did not understand the meaning of freedom. They did not understand the meaning of being able to worship as we worship here today. They did not understand the meaning of doing what they pleased when they pleased. They lived in bondage. There, the bondage, therefore, causes great oppression, causing great depression. This nation was under a load mentally, physically and uh, emotionally. We can only use our imagination and even our imagination will not allow us to imagine how great the load these people were under. But the first thing you must understand and the first thing that you must see here this afternoon is when God desires to deliver somebody when he desires you <laughs> to bring someone out of a place of bondage, when he desires to break the back of whatever it is that holds that individual, whether it be a church, whether it be uh, a nation, whether it be an individual, whatever the case is, when God decides to deliver, when God says enough is enough, when God decides to set the captive free, he is willing to go to whatever extreme that he has to go to to set that person free. I want you to understand that it is the purpose of God that everyone in this house be delivered. It is the purpose of God that everyone in this house be healed. I do not speak that hesitantly tonight or this afternoon, but I speak that with much authority. It is the will of God for everybody in this house to be delivered. It is the will of God for everybody in this house to be set free from the bondage of sin. Not only individually, but I emphatically speak to you that it is the purpose of God in two thousand and seven that this nation is impacted by the delivering power of the Holy Ghost. It is the plan and the purpose of God that a spirit of deliverance would sweep across this nation this year like we have never experienced before it's the year for the drug addict to be delivered it's the year for the gang banger to be delivered it's the year for the prostitute to be Be set free. It's the year for cancers to be cursed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And... I want you to understand that that is the purpose of God. That is the plan of God. That's what God is up to in this day. If you want to know what God's up to, if you want to know what God's doing, if you want to know where God's at, He is in the midst. He is in the middle of delivering people. It is God. When God got up, when you got up this morning, it was God's intentions already for you to come to this house and to leave a changed man or a changed woman never to be the same. Bump your neighbor and say never to be the same. And for the sake of time, I will not go into everything that God begins to do to convince this taskmaster, this evil Pharaoh to turn the people of God loose. I will not begin to go into everything, but we know there were many plagues. Several of those plagues were mentioned here in the 105th Psalm. Things that he sent to try to convince Pharaoh to release the people of God. He would not budge. He would not turn. But I want to present something else to you here before we move any further. I am convinced that all of the things the The wonders that God sent was not just to convince Pharaoh. That I believe that the signs and the wonders were sent to convince the people of God. I believe they were sent to convince the humanity that had lived in bondage so long that there is another way, that there is another lifestyle, that there is a tomorrow, that the sun will shine again. I am not so sure that a lot of times uh, the. The easiest part is convincing the devil, and the hardest part is convincing people that there's deliverance from me, there's help from me. Well, you don't know how long I've lived like this, and you don't know what I've been doing, and you don't know what I've said, and you don't know what I've shot in my veins, and you don't know what I've snorted in my nose, and you don't know the places I've been, and you don't know the things that I'm involved in. You're the one I'm preaching to today. I have come to convince you. God has come to convince you. He's got a miracle for you. He's got deliverance for you. He's got a tomorrow for you. I've got to know, is there anybody in this place that really believes that God is still in the business of giving men new minds and men new starts? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I must inform you in case you don't know it or realize it today. You walked into a church this afternoon. This is not like any other church in this city. We will not condemn. We're not put here to judge you. You walked into a church that believes that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You're in a church today that believes that there is liberty in this house. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You continue to go to your AA classes, but AA will tell you that once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. But I've come to tell you, once you come in contact with the Spirit of God, God will give you a sickening stomach for alcohol. You'll never want to touch it again. You'll never want to put it to your lips again. I said, once I tried Jesus, once the Holy Ghost got in my spirit, it made the difference. Can anybody testify to what I'm preaching tonight? Can anybody testify that the love of God and the mercy of God made the difference? Just stay with me. Just stay with me. I'm going somewhere here. Now... You have got to understand that from the oppression, from the rule of Pharaoh, these people, from the way they were treated and the way they were worked, were broken down physically. In fact, I have spent hours, extensive studies through different Thai research, through different sources, uh, spread all across the Internet, and I have studied many different commentaries uh, about the condition of the nation of Israel at this time. And I... Uh, I found some very convincing things that continued to surface in my research. These people, because of the way that they were worked and because of the way they were fed, there was a severe problem with malnutrition. In fact, there were several references that agreed that they believe that anywhere between sixty and seventy percent, I found some that went even seventy percent. They believe that seventy seventy percent of these three million people had some kind of physical ailment in their body. Did you hear me? 70% of these 3 million people had something wrong physically in their body. Did you hear me? 70%. Okay, that number's too high for you. Let's take the low number. Let's just say 50% of those 3 million people physically had something wrong with them. Can you understand the magnitude of what's got a hold of me now? If only 50%, that means that somewhere in the ballpark of a million and a half people physically had something wrong with them. It was not uncommon by the way they were worked and the way that they were fed to be during the course of their day and to pick up something that was heavy and for a bone to snap into. It was not uncommon for disease to set in and because they were so vulnerable, because their antibodies were not built up because of their their diet. It It was not an uncommon thing for a very small disease to spread through that nation and to begin to take lives one after another. It was not an uncommon thing for one person to get a cold and everybody have a cold. Are you hearing me right now? A million and a half at least some kind of physical problem, whether it was a leg, a bad leg, a bad arm, whether it was something in their back, whether it was something in their side, whether it was something in their chest. Physically, something was wrong. But you've got to understand, there was more than just physical issues. There was mental, there was emotional issues. You've got to understand this is a nation of people that have tried to prop one another up for years on the promise that there's coming a day that will no longer live here. You've got to understand that some of those people have heard that and they've listened to that so long and they look at the condition of their physical body and they realize even if the deliverer comes I'll never be able to make the journey out of this place. There's no way I'll ever be able to walk across a desert and through a muddy Jordan River to ever get to a place called Canaan. There's no way I'll ever see the day that the waters have parted and I walk through the dry bottom of the Red Sea. No way. Look at my physical body. I'm barely able to get up and walk across the room. I'm barely able to get up out of bed in the morning. You've got to imagine how that affected them mentally. You've got to imagine how that destroyed dreams and hopes that they had once cherished. Are you with me right now? Are you with me right now? Hi, you've got to imagine how it affected them emotionally. You've got to imagine the hopelessness that some of them may have felt when the nerve news first began to spread through the camps. Moses and Aaron are here. They're doing wonders. They're saying that we're fixing to leave this place. That's good and that's great, but look, I'll never be able to make the journey. I'm too broken down. Physically, I'm not able to make that journey. I'm excited for the ones that are not sick. I'm excited for the ones that still have two good legs and two good arms. But I'll never see that place. I'll die here with the Egyptians. I'll die here under the evil rule of this evil taskmaster. In fact, I'll probably be the one he takes his frustration out on. Stay with me here for a few minutes. But as I look at This I realize that God, I've got to have some kind of answer. I have got to know what happened. That a million and a half people immediately the broken bones were repaired, immediately the sicknesses were gone. I've got to know what happened. Why? Why? Why is it a concern of you? Because for eight years now, I've traveled this country four or five times a week, preaching the congregation small and large. And in those congregations, there are people just like the children of Israel. You're here today. You're sitting on the pews today. You're broken up. Inside, you feel so hopeless and lonely. You don't know where to turn. You feel like the decisions that you have made have totally ruined your future. I'm talking to people that are sick physically in your body today. The doctors have told you it's medication for the rest of your life. You're just going to have to deal with the weakness and constantly feeling drowsy. You'll never feel better like you did when you were younger again. There are people sitting on the pews here today that have been, you carry the scars from sin. You carry the scars from what the world will do to you. You You carry the testimony that the wages of sin is death. God, you've got to tell me what happened. If you could do it for a million and a half people, I know, God, that you Could do it for the hundred and fifty that sit here today. If one hundred. I've got to know what the difference is. What made the difference? What happened? You've got to show me, God, according to your word. You've got to give me some kind of hint. I've got to have a message of hope. I've got to preach on a Sunday afternoon in Pasadena where the building's going to be full of people that are in the same situation. I've got to know what the difference maker is. I've got to know what happened to a million and a half people. Would you please explain? Explain it to me. And so, as I prayed, I'm not going to be much longer. As I prayed, I began to live out what was going on. I need a chair. I need you to help me, Elder. Give me a chair. Let's see. Put your chair up here. This is what I think happened. You with me? All of the other plagues that God sent was not enough to convince Pharaoh. Now that we have the entire Bible, and now that we're reading everything that was lived out, we understand that ultimately, ultimately, there's got to be the shedding of blood. Something's got to die. Sit down, bro. Oh, well, the other plagues won't work. Well, the other things that God has sent has not been convincing enough. I'll tell you what's going to happen. This is the last straw. This is going to break the camel's back. Tonight, the death angel is going to pass through the camp. He's going to take the firstborn in every house in Egypt. Mothers are going to wake up in the middle of the night. They're going to begin to cry for the life of their firstborn. When you hear this cry, get ready. Prepare yourself. Because there's going to come a knock at the door. And when the knock comes, get your things together because we're evacuating. We're leaving. Everything we've always talked about around the campfires, everything that Grandpa or great-grandpa told us all these years about a better place. And another time, it's going, to, it's going to become reality. Watch. This is what I feel like happened. The commandment was, in order for the death angel not to touch your house, it was specific instructions. I'm not going to get distracted, but there's a message in this in itself. The father was commanded to go to the flock there was specific instruction as to what kind of lamb that he was to choose. Once he chose that animal, there were specific instructions as to how he was to slay it. There were specific instructions as to how the events were to unfold from that point forward concerning the lamb. He was then told to avoid the death of your firstborn. You are to take the rods Basically, for you to understand, it was it was rods that were bound together, tied together. You are to dip it. You are to dip it in the blood, and you are to apply it to the doorpost of your house. This blood is to be a sign. This blood is to be a sign of covering and protection. How many know there's covering and there's protection? In the blood of Jesus. Follow me. How many, how many have made practice? Rightly. Rightly you've made practice. At night or in the morning. You say, Jesus, I plead the blood on my family. I plead the blood on my kids. I plead the blood on this day. Why? Have you ever thought about why you plead the blood? It's a covering. It's a protection. It hasn't changed. It goes all the way back. It goes, say it with me, it goes all the way back to where the blood was applied to the doorpost to protect the eldest the eldest son in that house. But I'm still looking for an answer. How did one and a half million people at least, how were they no longer feeble, weak? How long, how, how were they no longer busted up? I'm looking for an answer. This is what I feel like happened. I feel like that after the blood was applied, to the doorpost. I feel like that everybody was kind of restless that night. Come here, help me, guys. Come here, help me. I feel like those that were physically able was gathering their stuff. Come up here with me. Was gathering their stuff. I feel like that they were getting everything ready, packing everything together that they needed for the journey. But if a million and a half of those people had physical ailments, how many of those houses had people in them that all of a sudden began to feel the gloom at the realization, I'm not going to be able to go? So just think. Think with me. How many houses had men and women in it that were a part of that million and a half that had Broken legs, broken arms, messed up backs, some kind of physical ailment that would cause them to be a weight and a hindrance to the journey. How many houses, how many houses had people sitting in the chairs in the corner as those that were physically able were gathering? How many many houses had people that were starting to come to the realization that everything I've ever dreamed and everything I've ever talked about and everything I've ever looked forward to, I'll never embrace it. For myself, because physically, I'm broken down. Emotionally, and mentally, I'm broken down. Something happened. If at least 50% of them had some kind of severe physical ailment, something had to happen. The 105th Psalm says there was not one table amongst them. Some of you, this will hit you. It may take a couple of days, but it's going to hit you. Here's what I believe happened. I believe this is going to be the representation of how many ever hundreds of thousands it was that had come to the conclusion they couldn't make the journey. He's the representation of that. He's the representation of broken dreams and busted up mentally and busted up physically. He's the representation of all of the problems. He's the representation of all of the impossibilities and the difficulties. Finally, the knock comes and they hear the hustle outside and they realize it's the sound of the exodus. It's the sound. The day is finally here. We are going to leave this place of bondage. Only for the young guys or those that were physically able just about ready to leave the house and they look back and granddad, we're just going to use him as an example, granddad or daddy or brother or whoever it was that was physically broken down, they realize he's not going to go. He can't go. he uh, They all of a sudden, how many times? Conversations how many conversations went in on the in those households you guys just going to leave me here there 's no way i can i can 't make it there 's no way I can go you guys i won 't be anything but a burden don 't you see the leg don 't you understand that i 'm so weak from the from the disease that 's in my body i won 't be able to walk across the street just leave me here but you don 't understand you 're the one that 's told us all of our life about this day you 're the one that 's talked to us. I've got to believe, I've got to believe something rose up in those that were physically able that said, no, no, you're not staying here. If we got to carry you out of here, baby, if we got to carry you out of here on our backs, you're not staying here. You, you, I, I won't argue with uh, with you as far as uh, theologically if this is correct. This is just what I feel like. Have something had to happen. Now you've got to remember something from where the broken down man is, and the street outside. There's a door. And there's not just a door, there's a bloody door. Some of you do going to realize where I'm going in a few minutes. Pick him up, boys. Get him. Come on, help me. This is what I feel like, Captain. I don't know what was wrong with him, I don't know what kind of disease was there, I don't know what was going on mentally, I don't know what was going on physically. But, brother, I believe that when they walked through the blood I believe I believe twisted up arms went I believe legs that were twisted and deformed went) I believe that disease that had set in that caused people to be shrunk over and weak. I believe when they passed, bringing through it. I believe when they passed through the blood, that the spine went. You know what I've come to preach today? I've come to preach. There's wonder, wonder, working power in the blood of Jesus. You know what the difference is today? You know what the Difference Maker is today? The Difference Maker is the blood! The Difference Maker is the blood of the Lamb! The Difference Maker is the blood of Jesus! His blood will forgive your sins! His blood will heal you! His blood will deliver you! His blood will wash you! I said there's power! Power! Wonder working power, Wonder-working power! As long as we got Calvary, as long as there was innocent blood shed on Golgotha, any disease can be healed, any bondage can be broken, any dream can be put back together, any mental illness can be healed. Do you hear me? There's power in the blood. If you just get under the flow of the blood... How many weak people walk through that blood? I have mercy. How many broken dreams? How many people that were messed up in their mind and their emotions pass through that blood? And at least a million and a half of them. The Bible says that there was not one feeble. I look at this world. I look at this world. I look at the mess he's in. I look at the violence. I look at the crime. I look at all of the perversion. I look at the murder. I look at the bitterness. I look at the hatred. I look at the drugs. I look at the alcohol. And there's times that I walk them all, and I feel the sense of hopelessness. But I've come to tell you, as long as we've got the blood, as long as we've got the blood, the blood will is saying, the blood will deliver anything, the blood will cover anything! Somebody here Somebody here Is looking for the answer Somebody here is looking for deliverance Somebody here is looking for salvation Somebody's wondering Where's the change? What's the difference? I've come to preach to you The blood of Jesus is the difference maker The blood of Jesus will make the difference In your life blood will cover any sin. There is no sin too great. The blood will bust and break bondages. I don't care how long they've held you. I don't care how strong their grip is. Ready for this? pastor pulled a muscle. I believe it was in his leg. He walked into the doctor's office. They put him up on the table. They run the x-rays. The x-rays come back and it was apparent from the x-rays that there was separation between the bone and the muscle. The doctor looked at him and said, I'm going to send you home with a little pain medication. Good to see you, pastor. Everything's going to be all right. Pastor said, whoa, wait a minute. We both see that gap in there between the bone and the muscle, the ligament. There, it's, t- it's pulled away. There's a gap there. No surgery. I mean, you're not going to cut on me. You're not going to try to pull it back together. Or what? You're just going to leave it? Just leave the gap there. He said, "Well, what? 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 What's going to happen?" Doctor looked at me and said, "Preacher, if anybody ought to know that, you should." He said, what are you talking about? He said, it's already started. You can't see it. He said, but in the next few days, he said, blood will begin to fill that gap. And he said, over a period of time, the blood will turn to ligament and muscle. And it will reconnect what's been separated. Ready for this? The doctor told the pastor, he said, so what I'm telling you, pastor, is this. The blood will become whatever you need it to become. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost reprimanded me. It's been one week ago today He reprimanded me. I mean, he's scolding me. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family and my kids every night before we go to sleep. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family and my kids every morning when I wake up. But the Holy Ghost reprimanded me and he said, "How? When is the last time the altars were full of people and you used the authority that I have instilled into you? To plead my blood on addictions, broken marriages, hopelessness, failure, sicknesses, of all types of diverse sorts. When's the last time you pled my blood? For one of the first times in my ministry, last Sunday morning, after he reprimanded me, I seen almost 100% of the people in that building come around the altar when I finished. I did not raise my voice. I didn't become purple in the face. I didn't strain. I just stood in the microphone and under the authority of the Holy Ghost, I just began to plead the blood of Jesus. He said, I said, Well, God, what do you want me to do? He said, Speak the situations that you know are there. And as you speak them, follow it by, I plead your blood. I stood there and I began to speak the situations that I knew in the Spirit. And I pleaded, began to ple- I watched nobody touching, nobody praying. And I believe in laying hands on. I believe, I believe in what we did here earlier. Nobody was praying. Nobody was pushing. There was no music jammed up, jived up. And I watched people one by one start going. I watched as people for the first time in their life begin to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Boom, boom, boom. Sunday night, there was a woman that testified. She's a fairly young woman. She's, I believe she's in her early 40s. The doctors have told her. The doctors have told her that there's no cartilage in her ankles. She lives in constant severe pain. has for years, I watched her. I watched her that morning as I began to plead the blood. I watched her begin to shout. I watched her set her cane down on her chair and begin to dance in the Holy Ghost in front of that altar. We've had three or four services since then. She has not been on her cane. I watched her I watched her dance this morning in service. She testified Monday night or Wednesday night, I can't remember which, and she said the pain was completely gone. She had a pair of shoes on that she hadn't worn in years. There are people under the sound of my voice that the devil is trying everything he can to destroy you. And the reason he hates you and the reason he wants to destroy you is because there is a purpose for your life, there is a plan, there is destiny. Before before you before you ever breathe the first breath of air, the outside air, God had spun into existence a purpose. He had designed that you 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 didn't just you weren't just born to this earth to enjoy cheeseburgers and and and, and 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 live life up to its fullest and have a good time and drive nice cars and live in nice houses. The reason you were born, the reason you were created is God had a ministry purpose for you. He had a purpose in his kingdom. And the devil, the devil, the devil, there are key people to the kingdom that are in this place today. The Holy Ghost let me know it. There are key people for the kingdom that are in this house today that the devil's doing everything he can to destroy you. He has allowed everything you can imagine to come against you. He has come against you in every possible way. Every temptation possible. Women, drugs, alcohol, the world. He's taken it all. He's tried to lure you in. Reason being is because he understands the potential and the power. He understands if you ever tap into the purpose of God the kingdom of hell is going to Suffer. Did you realize? Hey, I know you don't understand this because you're, you're, living, you're still living under the influence of the failure of the mistakes you've made. You're still living, living under the influence of the condemnation of the wrong decisions that you've made. But do you realize that even in the midst of your failure, that when your name is brought up in hell, that literally there are devils that tremble because they understand if they are ever delivered, if they ever get a hold of God, they will tear the kingdom of hell to shreds. Do you, do you realize? Do you realize? Do you realize? Do you realize that the woman that sits next to you today, sir? Do you realize the woman that you call your wife? Do you realize, sir, that she's more than a woman that does your laundry? Or has something ready to eat for you when you come home? Do you realize there was a reason God brought you together? My God, look at the story. How would two people meet like you guys met? How in the world would two people come together the way you two people came together? God has put you together to be a team, to be double trouble on the enemy? Why do you think he's worked so hard to destroy your marriage? Why do you think he's worked so hard to destroy your children? I'm sure your pastor knows this, but I read something. See, the first, first Samuel chapter 17, and I'm finished. First Samuel chapter 17. We skip over the first two or three verses because we want to get to the Bible story about David and Goliath. But when you skip over verse number one and verse number two, you are skipping over two of the most powerful scriptures in the 17th chapter of the first book of Samuel. The Bible says that as close as the enemy could get was F.S. Damon. E-P-H-E-S-D-A-M-M-I-M. F.S. Damon. That was as close as he could get. That was as close as the Philistines could encamp against the children of Israel. That was as close as the enemy could come. One day it occurred to me, why could they go no closer? Why could they come no closer? Why was F.S. Damon? why was that as close as they could come? And I looked the name of the place up. Not in the derivatives, not in, a, in an extensive word study. The raw meaning of the name Ephesdaim is boundary of blood drops. The enemy, listen to me, the enemy, can got, the enemy cannot go any further than where there's blood. That's why, sir... That's why, sir, you cannot afford to be a spiritual slouch. That's why, sir, you cannot afford to be a spiritual deadhead. That's why you cannot afford to be carnal. That's why you cannot afford to be living two lifestyles. Your family is depending on you. Your kids are depending. Your wife is depending on you. The enemy can only come as far as where you have applied the blood. There, I'm telling you. You better hear what I'm telling you. There are some families, there are some marriages, there are some children that the enemy has done everything he can to destroy in this place. And even in this small building here today, there are situations like that. There are some men in this house that before you leave, even when you get home, even when you get into the seat of your Honda Accord, when you open the door, you need to speak with your mouth. Devil, this is my car. I plead the blood of Jesus. This is my home. This is my house. This is my family. I plead the blood of Jesus. You can't go any further than where I have applied the blood. This is the boundary line. If you've applied blood there, He can't cross that line. You ready? Here's what the Lord reprimanded me about. He said, I shed the blood. I can't apply it. Say it again, some of He said, "He said I shed the blood. I left it to you to apply it. Now. And if the enemy, if the enemy, if he crosses the line, don't point your finger at me. If he puts your hands on your kids and he starts taking your teenagers and he starts destroying them." Before you put your finger on me and blame it on me, you better step back and check whether or not you drew some boundary lines. I have come here for several purposes today. The spiritual, the spirit world reason I'm here this afternoon is this. I have come to reestablish and reset some boundaries in the spirit. I have come to re-clarify some things to the enemy That is against this church. He hates the blood. He hates the blood. I have come to clarify some things to him today. The blood, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. It's against you. It's against you. you. against you. Jesus, I plead the blood around every young married couple. I plead the blood around every single mom, every single parent. I plead the blood of Jesus around every young person that comes to this house without the support of their parents. I plead the blood Around this pastor and his wife and his family. There are some things in this church that are untouchable. You will not put your hand on the leadership of this church. There is bloodlines. There is blood boundaries. I plead the blood of Jesus on every woman that is a saint, a godly saint, participating obedient submitted saint of this church I place a blood boundary around her mind around her emotions, around her joy around her peace do you hear me? he said I shed the blood I cannot invoke it. I cannot plead it. I can't plead my own blood. (laughs) I can't plead my own blood. Here's what I want to do. I don't know how many will participate. This is the first thing I want to do. If some move, that's fine. If you don't, I'll move to the next thing. I want everybody head bowed, every eye closed. I don't want anybody looking around. Nobody looking around. If you're here and you said by the marks, I hear people talk about the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Ghost in this church. I hear people speaking in a language that I don't understand. I hear people talking about how great the Holy Ghost is. If you're here and you've never spoken in tongues, As a sign that the Spirit of God has entered into you to live and to dwell. But you would like to receive that gift today. Would you just raise your hand? Just raise it up high. I want to count. Say, I'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay, I see hands. There's hands all over the house. Put your hands down. Now, I'm going to explain something to you about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will be a comforter. The Holy Ghost will be the thing that once you receive it, it will be the ultimate thing that helps you to abstain and to overcome the temptations that you're struggling with. It will give you joy. It will give you peace. The Holy Ghost will be the thing that gets you out of here when this world comes to an end. Again, one more time, I want to see if you've never received the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues which you'd like to receive it this afternoon. Just raise your hand. Nobody looking around. Just raise your hand. Raise it up high. It ought to be everybody in the house. Okay, put your hands down. I want us to stand. Now, I don't want anybody to be embarrassed, humiliated right at this point. This is the most important part of this service. You can't worry about who's looking or who's going to say anything or what. If you're here and you were one of those people that raised your hands, or if you're here and you didn't raise your hands but you want to receive the Holy Ghost, I'm asking you to step out of your pew and I'm asking you to come across the front. Come stand across the front of this building right now. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Step up close. That's it. They're coming from the back. Come on. That's it. Don't be embarrassed. Come on. There's young people here that want to receive the Holy Ghost. There's children here that want to receive the Holy Ghost that are serious about receiving. They're still coming. That's fine. Come on.
2: Thank you.
0: Anybody else? Anybody else that'd like to receive the Holy Ghost? Okay, how many? How many? Okay. You that are here to receive the Holy Ghost, I want you to understand. I want you to look at me. I want you to understand some. According to Scripture, to be prepared to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, there must be A heart that is full of repentance. Repentance is not saying, God, I'll never make another mistake. God, I'm going to be perfect from this day forward. No. Repentance is, God, I'm sorry for the things that I have done wrong, that have displeased you. And I'm turning from those ways. But I'm asking for your Spirit to help me to overcome and to climb over those things that have been stumbling blocks in the past. I want you to fill me with your spirit. Wash me, cleanse me, forgive me. I'm sorry. Being sorry and really meaning it is what repentance is about. Now we're going to do that first. Everybody out there, everybody out there is going to do it. I'm going to do it. We're all going to repent. After we get through repenting, I'm going to give you some more instructions. Every one of you that really want to receive the Holy Ghost, they're going to receive it. In the, they're, they're going to, they're fixed to receive it. It's going to happen. It's just, it's a done deal okay you out there if you've got the Holy Ghost you know how to repent so I'm asking everybody you down here with me I'm asking you to repent come on everybody let's repent Jesus God I'm asking you to forgive us cleanse us wash us purify us God we're sorry Lord we are sorry we are sorry for any sin I am so sorry God I'm asking you to forgive me for anything that I've said anything I've done Any place that I've been that displeases you, Jesus. I'm sorry for any actions, any words. I'm asking you, God, to cleanse me and purify me. God, I want you to wash me. Purify me, Jesus. Jesus, I plead your blood on these people right now that want the Holy Ghost. Whatever it is that binds them. Whatever it is that might hold them back from receiving it. I want it to be broken right now. I want it to be broken right now. I please your blood. I please your blood on addictions. I plead your blood on tasks. I please your blood. They're already talking in tongues. We got one already
3: talking. Go ahead. All right.
0: All right. Now I want you to look at me. You don't want to receive the Holy Ghost? What well, I want you to do, it's going to start with you. You ready? It's going to start with you. What's going to happen is, is we're going to praise, what we're going to do is we're going to praise God. Now, He's just forgiven us. According to Scripture, when we ask Him to forgive us, He forgives us. You understand that? When you ask Him, no matter how great the sin is, no matter how many times you did it, when you ask Him, it's gone. And it's, it's gone forever. Now, I think that I think that's a reason to praise God. So wait, 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 wait. What we're going to do is we're going to praise God. And as you raise your hands and you begin to praise Him, you don't want the Holy Ghost. What's going to happen is when you begin to praise Him, your mouth's going to begin to feel funny. And all of a sudden, your tongue's going to begin to say things. And you're you're going to begin to speak things that don't sound like English. They don't don't sound like your native tongue. It's going to sound so funny. But that is going to be a sign. That's going to be a sign that the Spirit of God has come inside of you to dwell. Speak that out. I'm going to lay my hands on each one of you. You're going to begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives you up. Does anybody out there believe what I'm preaching? Ready? Set your hands in this direction. Raise your hands and begin to praise God. Raise your hands and begin to praise God. Just begin to praise Him. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. I got Ayeda ba. Now. Now receive the holy ghost now. Ayeda la
3: ba yasa ta ba. Come on, help me, help me, help me. Let it rain. Oh, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Yeah, He's talking let in tongues. He's talking in tongues. You ought to praise God.
0: You ought to praise God. You ought to praise let God. It
3: rain. He's talking in tongues. Give God praise. praise. Give God praise. She's talking in tongues. Give guess, God praise. Let it rain, Lord. Oh, let it rain. Open the flesh.
0: you need a healing, if you've got a need in your body, I want you to raise your hands right now all over the building and begin to praise God. I plead the blood of Jesus on this congregation. I plead this blood on addictions. I plead this blood on diseases. I plead your blood on predicaments. I plead your blood on every element. In the name of Jesus. I plead your blood, Jesus. I plead your blood on the past. I plead your blood on abuse. I plead your blood on Be broken in the name of Jesus. 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 I come against generational spirits. I plead the blood of Jesus on generational spirits. I plead the blood of Jesus on alcoholism. I plead the blood of Jesus on drug addicts. I plead the blood of Jesus on broken marriages. I plead...
3: That's it, son, go
0: ahead. Be healed by the blood of Jesus. Be delivered by the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus on minds. I plead the blood of Jesus on minds. I plead the blood of Jesus on emotions. I plead the blood... plead the blood of Jesus over you, honey. I plead the blood over that woman here that's being abused mentally, that's being abused physically. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. I pray a hedge of protection around you in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus on sexual abuse. I plead the blood of Jesus on rape. I plead the blood of Jesus on molestation. Be broken in the name of Jesus! Be broken in the name of Jesus! Be broken in the name of Jesus! Be broken! Come on, I want everybody praying with somebody. Everybody! I want you to find somebody and start cleaning the blood. Come on, find somebody and start putting the blood of Jesus on them. Come on, find somebody and start cleaning the, the blood of Jesus on them. I plead the blood of Jesus on every young person. I plead the blood of Jesus on every young lady and every young man. addiction i put blood on every addiction i
3: put blood on every struggle I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the
0: blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus.
3: I plead your blood Jesus I plead your blood Jesus. <slider noise> I plead your blood Jesus I plead your blood, Jesus I plead your blood Jesus I plead your blood Jesus I plead
0: your
2: blood Jesus) Hey, <hablando>
0: Yeah, come on, everybody in this house needs to talk in tongues Come on, that's edifying yourself That's the only way you can build yourself up Edify yourself, talking in tongues You edify yourself, praying in the Spirit Come on Blood of Jesus I invoke the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus now. I pray a boundary of blood drops around this lady. Now. Now. Shake. I'm going to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Pastor Brown, I hope this is okay. I'll tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's men, there's men, that your wives have been under brutal attack. There's men in this place that need to go put your hand on your wife's head right now and plead the blood of Jesus. I I command you right now in the name of the Lord. There are men that need to go put your hands on your wife's head right now and plead. She has been under severe attack. Put your hands on her head and plead the blood of Jesus. Now, I command you to do it right now. Put your hand on her head. I release you as the priest of your home. Apply the blood. Well, you say, well, she won't... She won't trust me again. If you'll be the man of God God's called you to be, trust will form again. I'm talking to you right now in the Holy Ghost. You better hear me. I'm talking to you right now in the Holy Ghost. You know who you are. If she don't trust me, well, if you'll be the man God called you to be, she'll trust you again. It'll form again. I want some of you ministers. I don't know, I don't know who they are. If they're single moms in this house... I want some of you men of God to go lay your hands on these single moms and I want you to plead the blood of Jesus. Well my wife don't respect me Well if you'll be the priest God will call you God called you to be There will be a respect That is formed Be the priest of your home Apply the blood There's mom and dads That have struggling teenagers If they're in this house I'd go find my kids And I'd lay my hands on their head And I'd plead the blood of Jesus On my struggling teenager I wouldn't let this service go by I wouldn't let this moment go by. I wouldn't let it pass me.
1: thank the Lord for what He's doing. Why don't we stand one more time? Let's just lift up our hands to the Lord. We have one that's going to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anyone else and you've not been baptized in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, I want to encourage you. The Bible said the the Apostle Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is... uh, Where for sin's sake, the blood of Jesus gets applied to your life. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. The atonement that takes care of healing and deliverance also will take care of cleansing and washing of your sins. If there's anyone else that wants to be baptized in Jesus' name, I want you to come and let Brother Chet know right here. That you want to be baptized and we will baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. One more time, just lift up your hands and thank the Lord for what he's doing. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me be here today. Thank you, Lord, for letting me experience what I've experienced today. Thank you for the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we love you. We love Augusta. Hallelujah, Lord. hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Carlos wants to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Spirit of the Lord's upon him right now. Let's stretch our hands this way and let's pray. He's made this decision. He wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Stretch forth. God's going to use this life for His glory. Amen. Let's pray for Carlos right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Lord, baptize them with your power, Lord Jesus. Baptize them with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, my name is Jesus' name.
3: Lord. Lord, Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.